has been so good this week. Like, um, like I was sitting here while we're singing those songs. This is even even part of this, so I'm sorry that I'm keeping you here for 30 seconds longer. It's okay. We're some. It's all good. Ryan's got my back. If you leave, he'll beat you up. Um, but like, I saw miracles this week. Like, my sister had a baby. Like, she was told she wasn't supposed to have a baby, and she had one. Are you tell me God ain't good, y'all? Hey, listen, like, I mean, I think evidence is all around, y'all. And, um, and then, like, last week, you guys were so gracious to my friends from Honduras. Y'all want to know how much of a love offering y'all took up? It was like almost 26, wasn't it, Mom? Almost 2,600 bucks to go toward their project. So thank you guys for that. And uh, as I said this morning in, um, in the, the, the volunteer meeting, um, it's been, been like two weeks since I spoke, so I'm a little, I'm a little nervous today. Um, and I'm tackling a lot. Um, but y'all better be praying because I believe God, I'm, I'm having some, a little bit of crazy faith here, okay? I believe that God's going to do something huge here in the next not too distant future, okay? Um, if you're like, what is it? I'm not going to tell you. Um, second of all, I'm like, I can't answer how, <laughs> okay? So, um, so just be praying. It's kind of weird that some of this stuff started coming up after we kind of uh, started doing our 43-day fast. So we'll just see what happens, y'all. But anyways, good morning. Today we're going to continue our um, study in the book of Romans. And actually we're going to wrap up the book of Romans today. Um, and with that being said, I don't know if you saw my Facebook post, but we're going to cover a lot of ground today. And so have, have your listening ears on as teachers say. Do you still say that, Brian, in class? Have your listening ears on? Oh, sorry. They just know. At that point, they know. Have your listening ears on. Have your pens ready. And yes, if you would like for me to airdrop you my notes at the end of this, I'll do it. All right, Alex? Alex always says I talk too fast. Well, today, woo, today is going to be rough because we're going to look at Romans 14, 15, and 16. Woo. Y'all ready? Set. Go. Offer an open hand of fellowship to welcome every true believer, even though their faith may be weak and immature, and refuse to engage in debates with them concerning nothing more than, ooh, that's a, that's a tough word right there, right? Well, my opinion matters. Nope. Um, for example, one believer has no problem with eating all kinds of food, but another, another with weaker faith will eat only vegetables. The one who eats freely shouldn't judge to look down. I'm just saying this. He's using food as an example. Okay, because of the customs of that day. I'm going to tell you right now, you need to eat healthy. Quit eating junk. It's not about, this ain't about food. It's about, it's just, it's just, a, anyway, example. The one who eats freely shouldn't judge, look down on the one who eats only vegetables. And the vegetarian must not judge and look down on the one who eats everything. Remember, God has welcomed him and taken him in as his Ooh, do you know you're a partner with God? Ooh, God. That's a, that's a big deal. That's a big deal, y'all. Here's what we're going to, here's, here's the thing. Have you noticed that in our church culture, it has become strong Christians versus weak Christians? Have you noticed that in our culture, it's become you're not bold enough or, oh, you're, you've taken it a little too far? That's in the church culture. I'm not talking about 
I'm talking about the kingdom. I'm not talking about what we see in the world. You're not bold enough versus you're, you're not, you've gone too far and without really understanding in which the majority, not all, the majority of references in Scripture when it refers to being weak Christians or a, or, or a strong Christian. Okay? A lot of this argument that we have amongst ourselves as believers, because, listen, we're family, we're going to argue, but it ain't right. You with me? A lot of that we take out of context because weakness isn't always a reference to something negative, but often it is the start of something. Is the start of something. Weakness isn't always a reference to something negative, but often to a start of something. It's kind of like this. Almost a little less than two years ago, a little less than two years ago, I started doing CrossFit. Okay? Lost 108 pounds, y'all. Yeah, amen to myself. Okay? And I'm looking good. Ain't that right? Oh, she ain't here. Center. I was about to say, ain't that right, babe? I'm praying for her soul. She might be back in the room. Is she back there? Uh-oh. Sorry. <laughs> but I started working out, right? And when I got there, there were some guys, y'all, that were like power cleaning like 250 pounds. And I'm over here with a barbell, a girl barbell. Doing the same workout, following the same plan, I was just a little bit more weaker. I was still doing the right things, wasn't I? I was moving my body. See, weakness isn't always a reference to something negative, but often a start of something. Right? And I've grown in strength since then. So think about it this way. Think about it this way. When the majority of the time, when the Bible mentions the word weak, when you think about it this way, weak meaning not able to enjoy the full freedom God allows. Why? Because your muscles, your stamina, your faith, your conscience can't handle it yet. You're just an infant. Okay? You with me? You tracking with me? Okay, tracking, tracking, tracking. Then we get to listen. And so when, when, the, when the Bible refers oftentimes, not always, but often to strong Christians, it's like this. Strong is are able to enjoy the full freedom that God allows. It means you can handle a little bit more weight, right? Your frame is a little, is a little can handle handle a little bit more. You with me? That's why some of us can't handle relationships. Because we're our our stamina, our conscience can't handle. That's why some of us we've been struggling with something so long because struggling with trying to get to a certain place in life, in our, in our faith, right? Trying to get to this point that we're not yet stable enough to get to. You with me? It's like you can have this crazy faith for this big, huge deal over here, but until you have this baby faith to even take a little tiny step, it's not, you can't, you'll fall under the weight. You'll, that's why many Christians fail or they feel like failures is because they try to take on more than what they can really do at the moment. I've stayed too long on that. I need to keep moving. So you can think about it this way. Mature or strong versus in. Versus instant, weak. Beginning, not necessarily a negative thing. You with me? But what happens often the time is that we begin to fight and bicker between each other because I understand it and my conscience tells me I can't do this here or right here because of this, this, this. And, and But this person over here is doing the very thing that you feel like in your conscience is wrong and 
And this isn't a your truth is your truth, my truth is my truth thing. It's just a, it's a freedom and freedom thing. You with me? Just stay with me. Just stay with me. I'm, I'm probably going to make some people mad today, and it's okay. Well, I'm not going to make them mad. But. Often we, 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 we end up refraining from loving each other because of what our conscience is telling us in the moment because of where we are in our, in our faith journey. That's why he says, stop bickering about your opinions. About your opinions. It's like, it's why, like the early church arguments. You know, with Jewish versus Gentile converts. Like they would get in arguments about what? Diet. What to eat, what not to eat. You can't eat that because that was sacrificed to a false god. Well, it's meat, y'all. It's protein. Get it in your, you know what I'm saying? Or the holidays that they would celebrate. Or what day they would celebrate Sabbath on. And here's a big one, and all the guys are going to get a lump in their throat. Circumcision. You feel it? Because here's the deal. At the end of the day, no matter who you are, or how strong, or how weak, or how mature, or how infantly you feel, we are all weak in areas, and all strong in others. There's things that, Josh, you can do that my, I can't do because I'm not ready for that. You with me? There's conversations that I can't have with people because I'm not in a place where I can have those conversations. But Brian can. You with me? We're all weak in areas and strong in others. So the question becomes, then what, Derek, if, if, if this is true, then who do we listen to? I'm going to tell you this. Don't listen to your heart. Don't believe that advice. The Bible says your heart, yeah, it's above reproach, which means it's really kind of unfixable except for by the Savior of the world. But you still shouldn't trust it because it's still messed up. So you know, just follow your heart, honey. Don't. Don't. <laughs> if, somebody, if you ever hear somebody say, follow your heart, just red flag, like red flag. Run, okay? If you ever hear me say, just follow your heart, slap me in the face, okay? Your heart's got you in trouble, hasn't it? Well, I, I loved him so much. No, you didn't. You lusted him. Oh, sorry. I just stepped on somebody's toes. Okay, anyways. So, I'm going to keep, I need to get back. we got three chapters. And I'm only on two, three verses. So what should guide us or, or who has the authority to lead us or give us advice? And there's three, there's three lines of authority in our life. Three lines. And here's the three lines. You ready? First one is this. God, or you can say it like this. The Bible commands us. There's some closed hand things that we must do as a church and as believers because God tells us to do it. You with me? Well, Derek, I don't know if I'm supposed to do that. No, no, no. The Bible says that we're supposed to do that. Here's the one that we often forget about. Talk to your neighbors about Jesus. That's a closed-hand issue. Just saying. Well, Derek, I just don't know if I know that what to say. It says talk to people about Jesus. That's, I mean, that's, just, that's one we often forget. God commands. That's, that's our first line of authority. What does God command us to do or command you to do? The second one, the second one is this, leadership. Romans 13.1. Remember, we read it two weeks ago. 
Every person must submit to and support the authorities over him, for there can be no authority in the universe except by God's appointment, which means that every authority that exists has been in, instituted by God. This not only means the government, but your parents. You can seek advice from. You would listen to that, kids. I mean, we know some of the stuff we're talking about. I'm just saying. We've lived it. We once were you. Your pastors, your spiritual fathers. God's placed people in authority above you for you to seek advice from, for you to seek guidance from. I don't know if this is right or wrong. Go, go talk to somebody about it. You with me? Here's a third one. This is one that gets people in trouble because, some, because Satan also speaks to us through this one, and it's our conscience. There's a law that is written on our hearts. Ecclesiastes 3.11, I didn't put this in the verse, verse in there, but God has placed eternity in, in, in the heart of man. You know, right and wrong. Romans 2.15, we read it several weeks ago, it says, it demonstrates that the requirements of the law are woven into their hearts, into our hearts. We need to know what's right from wrong. That's why when Jack says something, and he looks back at me, even if I've never told him that, don't do that, he'll know that I probably shouldn't be doing this, right? You with me? Any parents with me? Your kids go to start doing something, and they, they look back to see if you're watching. Because the law is written into our hearts. They know what is right and wrong. But their conscience validates this law in their hearts. Their thoughts correct them in, in one instance and command them in another. God's given us three lines of authority that we can seek from. What is he speaking to us? To the Holy Spirit in our conscience. So we have to figure out what God's voice sounds like and Satan's voice sounds like. Guess, because guess what they both sound like? Your voice. <laughs> you with me? I mean, it's not too distinct. Like, oftentimes you hear your voice saying it in your head, so you have to distinguish. You know, you have to know God's command. You gotta know God's word, you gotta get in there. That's, that's, a, that's another command. What we tend to do, though, especially when it comes to our conscience, is we begin to have arguments amongst ourselves about things that aren't important because some of us are strong in some areas and weak in others. You with me? Some of us are able to experience more freedom than others. You with me? You tracking? You tracking? I'll explain more of this here in a second. But here's what happens. Here's what happens when we begin to base, place our conscience onto someone else with me, is that we begin to confuse closed-handed truths or primary issues and open-handed convictions, secondary issues. You with me? We, confu we confuse closed-handed truths, primary issues, and open-handed convictions. Closed-handed issues are things that we have to agree on. You with me? Closed-handed issues are things that we have to agree on. Here's what we have to agree on. We have to agree on the Trinity. We have to agree that the Bible is inspired, inerrant, in God's Word. We have to believe that Jesus is God. Okay, thank you. Thank you. That He died on the cross for our sins, resurrected from the death, given us victory over our sin, death, and the grave. And the only way we receive that is through repentance, or meaning we turn from the life that we're living. We're going to follow and turn and follow God, right? And you're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and you have to believe in heaven and hell. 
we agree on those things, y'all, guess what? We're good. We're good. We're good. Good. I wish I could do that thing that the people do. You're like, good. Like, I'm getting sidetracked on rabbit. Okay, here's, here's where I might make some people uncomfortable. Okay? But listen. Listen. Open-handed issues we can dis- discuss and disagree on but should never divide us because, because, because there's enough division in the world. There's enough division in the world. And the, and the very place that one, the one command that God has for his church, what Christ said before he left was be unified. And here we are dividing over issues that don't even really at the end of the day really matter. You with me? So y'all want to y'all want a list of open-headed issues that we can disagree on? Would be good. Some of y'all might leave. Maybe not. Alcohol. How we raise our kids. The education we give our kids. Well, here's a good one. I mean, you talked about this one, Brian, not too long ago. And we, we're still friends, aren't we? You ready? Bible translations. Unless it comes from, like, the Watchtower, which is Jehovah Witness, or the Mormon Church. If it's from those publications, I'll be like, hey, you probably need to get a new Bible. Are you with me? Bible translations, some spiritual gifts, end times. That one got me in trouble growing up. Got me kicked right on out of a church. Isn't it crazy you get kicked out of church for asking questions about the Bible? Just, just saying. Let me say They told me I can't talk about what I believed anymore in service. I'm like, Sorry. I'll get a phone call later. Um, style of worship. Ooh, that's a big one. That's a big one. Theological tribe. Listen, I don't care if you're Calvinist, Arminianist. I don't care if you're Baptocostal, you're Pentecostal, you're there, like, I don't care. Do you love Jesus? No. Ministry philosophy, that's more for my uh, college buds. Church day, what day we celebrate church, that's for my Seventh-day Adventist brothers and sisters. Entertainment, leadership style, holidays, and here's two big ones. It, I don't care if you're vaxxed or non-vaxxed or masked or non-masked. Just throwing that out there. Open hand issue. Okay? Just saying. I'm vaxxed and I hate masks. That's where I am. Okay? I got the needle and I hate wearing masks. So, just, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, those are open hand issues that should never divide us. And what do you see all the time? You see pastors on Facebook going, you weak, weak bone, backbone preachers who won't stand up and fight. Like, and then you have these people over here, oh, you're just being too bold. No, 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 listen. There's enough that divide us. Can we just work together? Can we leave our opinions to the side? And just, let's get people ready. Because I think the reason there's so much division is I think the time's coming a little bit quicker than, you know what I'm saying? Just saying. I'm not saying it's going to happen in my lifetime, but it could happen in my kids' lifetime. Let me tell you that, okay? 
just saying, I got to keep going, y'all. I don't even know how long I've been up here, Joe. I'm sorry that you're going to have to edit this. See, because here's the deal. Here's the deal. We want to be the church, and this will answer, kind of answer one of the questions that's already been turned in. So just turn in that question. This is part of the answer. I'll be more detailed later. We want to be a church where people can learn and grow in grace at their own pace. We want to influence through loving others where they are not where they are and not where we think they should be. That's a big one. I just think she should. It doesn't matter what you think she should. Be we got, and be okay with disagreements on secondary issues because we can learn from each other and get new perspectives. And ultimately, this. Understand learning, learning to hear from the Lord can be a process and we need to extend patience to people in that process. And for some reason, I put that in there twice, but I'm going to go ahead and go to the second one this time. Uh, understand learning to hear from the Lord can be a process and we need to extend patience to people in that process. Listen, you're no better than anybody else in this room because you have a special gift or that you can hear God in a different, a different way than somebody else. I'm a human man, and so is Jax. He's two. I'm not going to treat him any different because he's two. Other than I will change his diaper. I'm not changing your diaper, Cody. Okay? He ain't quite got the, ain't, ain't quite got the wipe down. Yet. You know what I'm saying? Romans 14.4. Yeah, we got to keep going. Who do you think you are to sit in judgment of someone else's household servant? Woo. His own master is the one to, uh, to evaluate whether he succeeds or fails, and God's servant will succeed, for God's power supports them and enables them to stand. I'm going to pause here just for a second and just say what he's, Paul is saying right here is how can we really judge some, our fellow brothers and sisters when we don't even know what God's told them to do? How can you base somebody as a failure or a success when you have, don't even know when, what God, if God says to them to go left or to turn right? I think they should turn right. Well, maybe God told them to go left. You with me? Just saying. Please, okay, we'll keep going. In the same way, one person regards a certain day as more sacred than another, and another person regards them all alike. There is nothing wrong with having different, different personal convictions about such matters. For the person who observes one day as especially sacred does it to honor the Lord. And the same is true regarding what a person eats. The one who eats everything eats to honor the Lord because he gives thanks to, to God. And the one who has a special diet does it to honor the Lord. And he also gives thanks to God. Here's the ultimate deal. Here's when I was reading this, this is kind of what came to my mind. is this argument versus um, really legalism, but liberalism and legalism. Which one is it? Are, are we supposed to be liberal or legal? Like, are we supposed to follow this eating pattern and this day of the week, this, this, or, we, or are we just supposed to do whatever we want to? Because I know we're, we're, what I'm talking about today can get to, right? Be totally free and do whatever. Oh, live your life how you want to. Blah, 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 YOLO, you only live once. No, you don't. Really? If I ever see somebody wearing that shirt, getting your new shirt. But here's the thing, like, Liberalism, we put, here's a, just so you can take some notes right here. Liberalism is this, is this. We put closed-handed issues in open-handed categories. You with me? We take the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we go, well, you know, maybe they're not really all like 
God. Maybe it's just, you know, God, or we take like, um, we take, well, the Bible was, writ- was written by man. Can we, can we count it as being accurate? Like, is it really the words of God? Like, I mean, yeah, we should probably read it and, and stuff, but, you know, like, like, maybe it was good for that day, but is it really good for today? That's liberalism. Like do we like that command to to do like to do this? That, maybe that was good for them because you know they were trying to populate the world and those kind of things. And maybe you should just not follow it today. Like maybe we maybe love is love. That's liberalism. We put close-handed issues in open-handed categories. We fight for nothing. You with me? Legalism. This is where a lot of us stand. Just be honest. You with me? This is where a lot of us stand. Legalism, we put open-handed issues in close-handed categories. We fight over everything. <laughs> if you grew up in the Baptist church, you know what I'm talking about. You showed up to them business meetings. Is it, that same, is it the same way in the Pentecostal churches? They do business meetings? Is it like... Oh, you don't say? Okay, good. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Makes sense. Okay. But we fight over everything. Like we fight about things that don't matter, like the color of the carpet. What brand of toilet paper we're going to use? How Betty's hair looks a little more purple today than it did last week. Whatever. We take, we take, we take small issues and we, we make them bigger than what they are. Here's, here's how you know if you're, if you're legalistic. Okay? You're, if you're more follow the legalism sidetrack. Side you put religious rules over relationships. You put religious rules over relationships. You're more about making sure everybody follows the rules instead of helping somebody understand what the rule really means. Pharisees, they're not fair, you see. You hear me? You're focused on winning, you're focused on winning arguments over winning people. The only, have you noticed that the only people that Jesus got arguments with were religious people? The legalists, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees, and because oh, they're so sad, you see. Your preference becomes your prejudice. Well, I just don't think we've not. Listen, we've never done it that way, so I think we should all. Like, I think we should do it the way we've always done it. And you confuse unity with uniformity. Listen, I'm not going to be like you, nor do I want to, because God made me to be who I am. But at the same time, quit acting like somebody you're not. You don't have to hide that cigarette behind your leg when I walk by. You with me? I said that for you, Cody. You with me? Like, be who you are. Be who you are. You with me? Listen, God is, God is probably the, is the most intelligent person in the world. He made all of us different for a reason. We need each other to be who we are. You be you, boo. Brought, brought that back. You don't, you don't differentiate between God's principles and your methods. Hello. You bind others by your conscience. Do you? I just don't feel like I, I mean, that's not right for me to do. Like, I, I don't, when I do that, well, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you shouldn't, but it's okay for them. Okay? Just saying. 
You replace Christ's work with yours. Look at what I accomplished. Look at what I built. You want to replace the ministry of the Holy Spirit and your convictions become a prison instead of a home. Because what convicts you now, because you're weak or an infant in this area, may not be a conviction 10 years from now. You with me? Both liberalism and legalism is a form of weak Christianity. Why? Why? Because strong, mature Christians look up to Christ, not down to others. They look up to Christ and down to others. Let me, let me show you. Let me show you. You've got to hurry. Come on, Derek. No one lives to himself. No one dies to him. In death, we must bring honor to him. So dead or alive, we belong to our master. Who do you belong to? Not your husband, not your wife, not your kids. One day, we're all going to stand before Jesus. For this very reason, the anointed one died and was brought back to life again so that he would become the Lord God over both the dead and the living. Why would, why would you judge, judge your brothers or sisters because of their diet, despising them, to, despising them for what they eat or don't eat? For, for each will have our turn to stand before God's judgment seat. That goes back to, that goes back to when he, said, he says, the mass, that don't judge somebody else's servants. Let the master be the one that decides if they fail or succeed. You with me? I don't even, where was verse 10? Okay. Let's see where I'm at right here. Two more verses. Just as it was written, as surely as I am living, God, I tell you, every knee will bow before me and every tongue will confess the truth and glorify me. One day, no matter if you believe you're strong or weak, you're going to be on your knees before God confessing. You might as well get it out now. <laughs> Therefore, each one must answer for him. Quit answering for other people, y'all. You worry about you and just help others get to him. Therefore, each one must answer for himself and give personal account of his own life before God. Can you imagine somebody like Betty? I don't know why I always pick on Betty, but Betty's standing before God. Listen, God, I know, I know my hair is extra purple today when I got here to your house, but listen, did, did you see what Michelle was doing? Like, oh my God. Like, God's like, no, but I saw what you did. I saw what you did. Stop, let's stop playing our favorite church game of removing the speck from someone else's eye with a log in ours. We have two plans we can follow. You ready? First one is this. You look up to Jesus, judge your imperfections, and work on yourself. Or plan two, look down on them and, and then stand in judgment. Basically, none of us get to do performance review of someone we did not employ. Did you employ your brother or sister in Christ? No. No. But Derek, doesn't it say we should help others and hold each other accountable and those things? Yes, but it's in how we do it. And oftentimes we don't handle it very well. You with me? But this, this, this is the issue. We don't treat each other fairly. You ready? Paul says plan A is the best. Because in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, he doesn't. He says this. You ready? This is what he says to somewhere else. He says, I want you to pattern your lives after me. Just as I pattern mine after Christ, as I look to Christ, you follow me and do what I do. You with me? That's plan one. Plan one. Plan one. Plan A. Got to keep going. We're on, 
quick. We're going to quit. So stop being critical and condemning of other believers, but instead determine to never deliberately cause a brother or sister to stumble and fall, and fall because of, our, of your actions. I know and I am convinced by personal revelation from the Lord Jesus that there is nothing wrong with eating any food, but to the one who considers it to be unclean, it is unacceptable. Basically, what Paul is saying is, listen, if you don't feel comfortable eating this, you don't feel comfortable doing that, if you feel like you would be sinning doing this, then don't do it. But just because somebody else does it, don't put your conviction on them. Unless it's, you know, like, I mean... We all know murder is wrong. You get what I'm saying? So I know that's an extreme, but like, murder is wrong. Like, it's not saying, well, it's okay for him to murder. It's just not okay for me. Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about big things. Okay, I'm just saying. So we'll throw that out there. So don't go murdering people. Well, Derek said, <laughs> if your brother or sister is offended because you insist on eating what you want, it is no longer love that rules your conduct. Ooh, why would you? Why would you wound someone for whom the Messiah gave his life just so you can eat what you want? So don't give people the opportunity to slander what you know to be good. For, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of rules about food and drink, about food or drink, but is in the realm of the Holy Spirit, filled with righteousness, peace, and joy. Serving the anointed one by walking in these in these kingdom realities, please God and pleases God and earns the respect of others. So then, make it your top priority to live a life of peace with, with harmony in, you, in your relationships, eagerly seeking to strengthen and encourage one another. Stop r- ruining the work of, work of God by insisting on your own op- opinions about food or anything. You can eat anything you want, but is it wrong to deliberately cause someone to be offended over what you eat? Is it? No. Consider it an act of love to refrain from eating meat or, or drinking wine or doing anything else that would cause a fellow believer to be offended or tempted to be weakened in his faith. Keep the conviction you have about, about these matters between yourself and God and don't impose them upon others. You'll be happy when you don't judge yourself in doing what your conscience approves. That's a big deal, y'all. But the one who, ha- who has, has the misgivings feels miserable if he eats meat because he doubts and doesn't eat in faith. For anything we do that doesn't spring from faith is, by definition, sinful. Listen, some people are easily influenced, and we need to be careful not to pressure them. If we are more free, if we're strong, to live, if we're more have the ability to live in more freedom than they are, like just because you have the freedom to do something doesn't mean you're always free to do it. Like, it may be okay for you to drink, but not for your brother who's been struggling with that for 10 years. So go out to dinner with him, but don't drink in front of him. Why cause a brother to stumble? But if you want to take your pastor out for a glass of wine, just saying, kidding, y'all, come on. Just because you have the freedom to do something doesn't mean you all, you're always free to do it. We have, we have people who were, like, listen, if there's some things that I'm free in that I, would, I will never do, like, I feel free and able to do it because of my faith and, and where I am and, am and what little maturity I have. 
that I would never really do in public because I don't want to be a stumbling block to my brother. I don't want to be a stumbling block to somebody getting into the kingdom. That's why Paul would write in 1 Corinthians 9, 19, he would say, For I, though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. So if I'm in a house that eats meat, y'all, I'm eating meat. If I'm in, the, in a house that eats vegetarian, I'm eating vegetarian. If I'm in a house that says, you know what, we want you to wear your mask, guess what, I'm going to wear my mask. Now, if you ask me to wave a vax card, that's a little too far. Just saying. Loosen up, y'all. Keep going, ready? I'll still go, keep reading. To the, to the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became as, as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I, I became as one outside, outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. So to the Jew, I became a Jew. To the Gentile, I became a Gentile. That's what Paul's saying. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. Okay? I do all of this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. Romans 15, 1. Man, we're already in 15, y'all. Well, let me do this real quick before I actually read that. Here's a big picture so far, and then the last, this last little part is we're going to fly, 15 and 16, we're going to fly through. Trust me, it's like real short, okay? Here's what we need to know up to this point. God adopts, he loves, and knows all his kids. Jesus goes before us. This is from Romans 1 all the way to the present, okay? Jesus goes before us, helps us, and sets, a, sets an example. The Holy Spirit lives in us, and he guides us into righteousness. Weak Christians are like little brothers and sisters needing examples and patience, and strong Christians are like big brothers and sisters who are learning to grow while leading, loving on all, and building relationships is our job. Okay? Here we go. This will be quick. Now, those who are mature in their faith can easily be recognized, for they don't live to please themselves, but have learned to patiently embrace others in their immaturity. Our goal, our goal must be to empower others to do what is right and good for them and to bring them into spiritual maturity. For not even the most powerful one of all, the anointed one, lived to please himself. His life fulfilled the scriptures that says, All the insults of those who insulted you fall upon me. Whatever was written beforehand is meant to instruct us in how to live. The scriptures impart to us encouragement and inspiration so that we can live in hope and endurance in all things. Okay? Christ did not live to please himself, but lived to please the Father and us. And by us, I mean salvation. With me? Our punishment fell on him, which is known as the great exchange. So we should live by his example, our big brother's example, as ushering in the great exchange to others. That's why to the Jew I became a Jew, to the Gentile I became a Gentile, so that I can win others to him. We should always do what is best for others. We should always please them and not what is best for us. If you're a parent, you're really good at it. You and your husband, you first get married, money's not an issue. You, can, you have all the money at your disposal. Where are you going on a honeymoon? You're going to Hawaii. You're going to Europe. You're going to these fancy places, right? Hello. Then you get some kids. Money's not an issue. Where are you going? You're really going to have no have all the money in the world. You're going to take them to Chuck E. Cheese, Joe? I feel sorry for y'all's kid. <laughs> you're going to Disney World, ain't you? Because you're living to please them. You with me? You're living to please them. 
but then your kids grow up to go to college, they're out, and it's just you and your wife now again, and the money's not an issue, where are you going? You're going to go back to like Hawaii, you're going to go to Europe, you're going to go to those places that you want to go to, like for adults. But then your kids have grandkids, and you're watching them now, and you're like, I'm going to go on a trip with my grandkids, where are you going back to? Disney World. We're, real, we're really good, not Chuck E. Cheese, we're really good at pleasing others, except for when it comes to serving others. I like Chuck E. Cheese too. Yeah. Romans 15. Ready? Now may God, the source of great endurance and comfort, grace you with unity among yourselves, which flows, which flows from your relationship with Jesus, the anointed one. Then with, unanimous, with a unanimous rush of passion, you will, you will with one voice glorify God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's talking about unity. We've got to work together. We will bring God glory when you, when you accept and welcome one another as partners, just as the anointed one has fully accepted you and received you as his partner. A lot of times we don't, re, we don't accept people for the very reasons why God changed us. You with me? Like you once were that same, very same thing. So why are you judging you used to hide that cigarette behind your leg too. I'm convinced that Jesus, the Messiah, was sent as a servant to the Jewish people to fulfill the promise God made to our ancestors and, and to prove God's faithfulness. And now, because of Jesus, the non-Jewish people, that's us, of the world, can glorify God for his kindness to them, fulfilling the prophecy of Scripture. Because of this, I will proclaim you among the nations, and they will hear me, sing praises to your name. And in another place it says, you, you who are not Jewish, celebrate life right alongside his Jewish people Hey, dance party over here. And again, praise the Lord, all who, all who are not Jews, and let all the people of the earth raise their voices and praises to him. And Isaiah prophesied, and an heir to David's throne will emerge, and he will rise up and, and rule over all the non-Jewish nations, for all their hopes will be met in him. Now may God, the inspiration, uh, inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you with overflow, overflowing Fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him and may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with, it, with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. Can you hear how Paul's winding down his letter? Okay? And this, all this is part of living in the Spirit. You with me? Part of living in the Spirit is, in, is unity not only amongst ourselves but with Christ because Satan also has unity. We have to be one with Christ and one with each other. And here's what the Holy Spirit gives us, especially in regards to each otherness. He gives us endurance. When we face people in circumstances, circumstances that empty our energy. You got some people in your life that empty you? You with me? He encourages you so that we can be an encouragement to others. He gives a welcoming spirit. Empowers us to serve in practical ways, to lift burdens and give, and give grace. And ultimately, he gives us hope, joy, and a peace. Okay? Okay. What time, what time are we at? Okay. Can I get like six minutes? Okay, here we go. My dear brothers and sisters, I am fully convinced of your genuine spirituality. I know that each of you is stuffed full of God's grace that you are, you are richly supplied with all kinds of revelation, revelation knowledge and that you are empowered to effectively instruct one another. And because of the outpouring of God's grace on my life to be his minister, to preach Jesus to the anointed one, to the non-Jewish people, I have written rather boldly to you on some theme, on themes reminding you of their importance. 
For this grace has, has made me a servant of all the gospel, the gospel of God, constantly doing the work of the priest, for I endeavor to, pre, to present an, an acceptable offering to God so that the non-Jewish people of the earth may be set, set apart and made holy by the spirit of holiness. Now, then, it is through my union with Jesus Christ that I enjoy an enthusiasm and confidence in my ministry of God. And I will not be presumptuous to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me. For many non-Jewish people are coming into faith's obedience by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, which is displayed through mighty signs and amazing wonders, both in the world and in the word and deed. Starting from Jerusalem, I went from place to place as far as the distant Roman province. And here's what's happening: is Paul has went from talking to the church to talking talking about the church. You with me? All right. Start from Jerusalem, I went from place to place as far as the distant Roman province of Lyricium, fully preaching the wonderful message of Christ. Okay? The best way to encourage someone is to highlight the works of the Holy Spirit, what Paul's doing here. You with me? God, Paul goes from talking to the church to talking about the church and highlights that the best way to encourage someone is to highlight the works of the Holy Spirit. He says, look what the Holy Spirit has done in all these places I've gone to. But honestly, we first have to trust the working of the Holy Spirit, don't we? And if you're like me, sometimes when you grew up in a Baptist church, it gets a little scary. So I'm being freed from that. Basically, it's this. What God is teaching you, you teach others. So basically, we open our Bible to learn and instruct, and we open our lives to love. Okay? And verses 18 and 19 are clear that our job is to speak about Christ while not chasing signs and wonders, which is Matthew 12, 39, but test the signs and wonders, 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 10. Alex, you can get this from me later. While expecting, signs, while expecting signs and wonders to follow us as we follow Christ. With me? Okay. Romans 15, 22 and 23. We're almost there. Our job is to speak... Uh, it is my honor to... Cons- to and, and constant passion to be a pioneer who preaches where no one has ever heard of the anointed one instead of building upon someone else's foundation. As the scripture says, those who, who know nothing about him will clearly see him and, who, and those who have not heard will respond. We need, a, we, need to be, we need to be strategic in reaching our culture. Many of us want to go and speak and proclaim and sing and do what we do in the amen corner forgetting that there's a world out there lost. Like, it's real easy for me to come up here and stand on the stage and listen to my, these amens, but am I willing to do it out on the street corner? You with me? All right. But everything that got, so it's all about unity. It's about getting the message out. Our unity gets the message out. It's, it's a, but in our unity, the, the vision that God gives us, okay, everything God builds by vision, Satan tries to break through division. Okay. Now, I'm not going to go through every high, say hi to Timothy. Timothy says hi in chapter 16. But I do want to look at just a couple verses in chapter 16. Because most of 16 is just him saying, hey, Timothy says hi. Say hello to this person. When you see this person, make sure you give them this gift. Thank you for your gift. You sent me those kind of things. So here's things from, uh, just go ahead and go to 16, 17 through 20. And now, dear brothers and sisters, I'd like to give you one final word of caution. 
Watch out for those who cause division and offense among you when they in, in, antagonize you by speaking of things that are contrary to the teachings that you have received. Don't be caught up in their snare. For people like, like, for people like this are not truly serving the Lord or Messiah, but are being driven by their own desires for, for a following. Utilizing the, the, their smooth words and well-rehearsed blessings, they seek to, to deceive the hearts of innocent ones. I'm so happy when I think of you because everyone knows the testimony of your deep commitment of faith. So I want you to become scholars of all that is good and beautiful and stay pure and innocent when it comes to evil. And the God of peace will swiftly pound Satan to a pulp under your feet and the wonderful favor of the Lord Jesus will surround you. Paul warns to watch out for those who are trying, who are divisive. There's people in the church, there's people at your job, there's people in your family that are, that are going to try to divide. To divide us. When, uh, one command is to unite, not to argue with each other. We can debate all day, right? We can debate all day. We can talk about things all day. But it should never divide us. Unless it's a closed-hand issue. I listen you say Jesus isn't the only way, then it's probably not the church for you. You with me? But if we can agree on these close-hand things, then no man, no beast, no world should ever divide us. You with me? Tracking with me? I love you guys. We're done with Romans. Okay? <laughs> next, week we'll, uh, next week we'll start on our... Um, Question, our question series where I'm answering your questions. So if you have any questions, make sure you go out there and write it on the card and put it in the box for me. And don't forget, to, I'm going to pray here in a second, so don't like get too fidgety, okay? Don't forget tonight, come rock out with us. Anthony's going to do some killer solos. I'm, I'm, he's going to melt your face off, okay? And bring a friend. This is, it's, it's basically just not a fun, okay? We're going to have fun. And... Cody may, Cody may sing us a couple of surprises.